Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jet Black Extreme, and we are back at again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. With me today, we got Talos Gunner. How you doing today, sir? What's good, everybody? How y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> we doing good, we doing good. And rejoining us on the podcast, we got Professor Tuck. How y'all doing today, sir? What's going on, team? It's time to get lit. Yes. Because this episode, we're going to begin a mini-series of episodes regarding Overlord, the MMO Isekai anime that came out a while back. But with Season 4 on the rise, it's time to go back in time on doing it season by season, starting with Season 1. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on this one. Now, starting with... Professor Tuck, because, bruh, I know you've been wanting to talk about this one for a minute. Facts, How are you feeling facts. about Overlord? <laughs> First of all, I think Overlord is ahead of his time. It changed the <laughs> game up. It changed the game up, really. Like, it started out kind of slow-paced. It was building up his storyline. The plot needed to develop, but when it did, it take you into a kickstart. Season 1 was my personal favorite season. Only because I like how it began. I like how it began with the story of, hey, hey, everybody stop playing these games. Because I'm in the same boat. I like playing games with my friends as well. And they slowly start weaning off and branching off and playing other games. So it put me in the same mindset of just, you know, normal gaming. It's like very related to uh, modern day, like real life games where you got this one game where you commit to it. And when your other friends want to jump to other games, you're like, oh, shit, well, fuck. Like, that's why I have appreciation for those single-player games, because at least then it's like you just blaze through the campaign and you're still having fun. But you know how it is, especially when you're right. all grown up and shit. <laughs> right. When you get your guild just right and everybody clicking, then everybody just start leaving. Bruh. How dare y'all? Bruh. I'm the <laughs> yeah, guild like, master. <laughs> the game had to be like fire as hell in order for you to like rejoin like fucking Final Fantasy 14 with fucking Endwalker. Bruh, it's like you just jump right back into that shit. <laughs> right. And speaking of which, tell us, Gunner, I know you've been playing Final Fantasy 14 and I'm going to talk to you about that later. But uh, how you feeling about Overlord right now? Man, Overlord is the. The ish. We're going to put it like that. <laughs> but. I've been on Overlord for a hot minute. Um, mm. Overlord is by far one of the one one of the isekais I just feel like, all right, this is not a normal isekai. This is not where, oh, okay, hey, hey, it follows the harem vibes. It follows all. No, 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 no. He plays how he plays. I am the bad guy. I came in here being the bad guy. I might have been. I want to say an anti, I'm going to call it an anti-hero. I might have been an anti-hero, you know, in-game and everything else. I'm not going to change that just because I got stuck in here. I'm going to still be that guy. Everybody knows me as that lord. I'm not finna, I'm not finna back down from that. And I love it. I loved every ounce of it. Right. See, with the whole thing with Overlord, and let me just go ahead and try to get into it with episode one here, uh, titled End and Beginning. Now, Overlord, pretty much like Professor Tuck and Talos said, it's one of those isekai anime where it's not like other isekai anime like we've seen. 
Like, I can tell you golden examples like Dot Hack and Log Horizon to where it pretty much makes you forget that it's a fucking isekai. Like, uh, it's like every every now and then, you know, you hear uh, the main character guy. Uh, I forgot his um, real name, but you hear Momonga uh, with real voice saying, oh, man, like, I vaguely have an idea what's going on. I'm just going to try to roll with it based on playing the game. But when he dive into it, like now he's part of the game where some of the mechanics are how the uh, game is played, how the world um, works. It's pretty much the same as the game, but it's obviously different. So essentially he has to base his knowledge and his genius and everything based on how he would have played the game as a max level uh, wizard type, uh, which uh, demon lord type dude, you know what I mean? And uh, with Idrisil, the name of the game is a dive massively multiplayer online role playing game. That's what they called it. And this was in the timeline of uh, 2126. So that's 100 years from now. But, bro, I heard uh, the makers of Genshin Impact already working on um, something like that. And I was like, oh, shit, we are not that far off at this point. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think that Overlord is like a reverse horror movie, you know what I'm saying? The mm. unstoppable monsters are the protagonists, and you're trying to figure out, like, who's going to survive in the wake of destruction. It's like one of the series where power fantasy is, like, interesting because we ain't rooting for the people that's overpowered. We're rooting for the chumps, really, because, you right. know, eventually something's going to happen. But right. when you was talking about Idrisil, you know what I'm saying, it reminded me a lot of, like, D&D. Because, like, you could tell the author mm. was, like, had to be in the D&D or something. Or some kind yep. of tabletop. Because it's tuck, so tuck. intricate. Tuck. Bruh, like, I was watching a review video um, getting prepared for this. And the creator actually fucking said, okay, yeah, uh, I was into D&D. Not a lot of people oh, wanted yep. to play with me. So I just started writing. He, he actually, yeah, yep. he was that dude. See, that makes sense. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know that. That makes sense. Yeah, he was actually like into D and D and shit, but when he didn't have friends to play with, he just started writing. Yep. So that's there you go. But uh, where was up with this? Okay, so basically, main character guy. I'm not gonna remember this full real name, at least to like season two, probably. But uh, he essentially gets stuck in the game, kind of like um, uh, what was it, Subasa from uh. Dot hack where he pretty much got stuck in the game. He's trying to log out, but he actually can and keeps trying to get apprehended. But that's a whole nother timeline while I'm doing another review. <laughs> but Momonga, he is stuck in the game. And as the guild master of Ainz Algoon, uh, he pretty much have to play the role as this uh, overlord with these floor guardians. And try to, you know, take over the world, even though he's just a regular guy that just created the character. But uh, aside from him, uh, let's go ahead and talk about these floor guardians. Like, especially these two in particular, fucking best girl Albedo and best boy Jimmy Urge. Uh, Talos, you've been quiet for a minute. How you feeling about the floor guardians? Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. All right. So, facts. Real quick. Real quick. First, first and foremost, every floor guardian is broken. When you yes. go through here, 
If you've never watched it before and you're hearing this now, I promise you every floor guardian is broken. It may not seem like it because of how some of them are, but they are. So, hitting off with Albedo first, Albedo was supposed to hate him. She yes. was designed by his friend to hate him. Facts. To be rude. But he changed it because he was like, hey, I'm not going to be stuck in here. You know, hey, at the end of the thing, you know, she can be nice at the end of it all. This game's going to end. Whatever. Now, with him being stuck in there, she's in love with him. And, Crazy in love. And, like, you know, this is where a lot of people thought it was going to be the similar same thing of a normal isekai. Nope, that's not the case. That's not, you know, that's not the case, especially with him, as you'll see, going through. But moving from Alberta to Demiurge, if he ain't the sneakiest of the sneaks, um, I mean, he's smart. <laughs> he's smart. He's very smart, like super, super, super smart. The thing is, and at first, when I first met Demiurge, I felt like Demiurge was going to betray him. I did. I was like, bruh, he gonna be a he gonna be a main villain in the end. Watch this. He gonna he, he he's way too smart for it be a main, for not to be a main villain. Man, but when you yeah. think about it though, like with the longevity of Overlord, like I said, having a fourth season on the rise, and who knows how far into the manga it is, because I think the manga either ending soon or already ended, but uh, depending on the flow of the anime, uh, we probably haven't seen anything yet if we're just watching the anime, but uh, it's like, don't put it past Demiurge just yet, but right now, uh, he seems like the type of dude that's like, oh, Momonga, you must have this genius plan to take over the world, and Momonga just sitting there like, uh, I'm just gonna pull something out of my ass and wait till somebody say something um, that I can pretty much uh, improvise off of, and as soon as Demiurge's like, oh, you clearly must be trying to do this, that, and the third, and Momonga's like, well, yes! Yes! I... I am so glad you finally caught up to what I was doing because that was my plan the whole time. You just not catching up. I like that in your job. Like, man, that's such cat, bro. Like, you were. <laughs> I, bro, like, it took me, like I said, it took me a minute to, like, get into Overlord. But when I did, I was like, bro, <laughs> this is some funny shit at times. Like, oh, bro, let me talk about these fucking reactions from Abeda and Shoutia, where I was like, okay, they kind of break character every now and then, like, especially in episode two, when, who was it, uh, with the twins, and it was the uh, shy one that I kind of forgot her name, but uh, essentially, Momonga gave her a ring, and he pretty much entrusted Shout her... To- no, 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 it was uh, one of the twins, it was the shy twin. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold yeah, on. like what's the name? I can't remember the twins. Yeah, but essentially, uh, the shy one, uh, gave Momonga gave uh him or her, I fucking know, like yeah, they be they, gave they, a they ring. be mixing up. Yeah, it's like it was almost like the uh, what was it, uh, hydrogenous? Uh, yeah, hydrogenous. Like they were looking really hydrogenous. So I was like, I couldn't tell their on gender just unless they said something but uh essentially 
Momoka gave uh, her the ring. And then Albeda, as soon as she knows that ring, she was like, <gasps> and but still hold her shit in because she didn't want to make a scene from Momonga. And as soon as Momonga gave Albedo a ring, then she kind of geeked out a little bit, but she still had to hold in her shit until Momonga teleported out. And then she's like, yeah! I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Albedo, first of all, Albedo is fine. She a succubus anyway. That's Bay. Yeah. She's just crazy. She's so crazy. I know she wasn't programmed to be crazy, but he 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 didn't think about that when he pro- reprogrammed her. Cause wow. I like, right. I like it. Oh hell yeah. And uh I think it was Mayor, that's their name. Uh Mayor and something else. Um not the Aura and Mara, something like that, right? Yeah, but but you know, Demiurge, yo, I like his power actually. His voice control power, like that's a dope power to have. He can tell bow, and everybody just bow. Like that's crazy. That's a great power to have. Yeah, man. Like honestly, it would make sense for Demiurge to be the right hand because uh, when Momonga is like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna need y'all to settle down," and they just get loud shit, and then Demiurge is like, "Hey." Shut the fuck up. And then like Facts. <laughs> and he got glasses. You know, you know, right hand man with glasses, they're gonna step. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. Demi Urge's power actually comes from D. His his there power wow. his power of voice comes from dragons. You know, dragons all well, all dragons have what is known as words of power. And with them having words of power, they can speak something into existence or speak something and make it happen. So that's kind of where his stuff comes from. Hey, man, if you ever play Skyrim, like, hey, the Dragonborn, that's a hint and a half for you right there. Now, let's go ahead and try to jump into, like, episode three and all more. Because honestly, I'm going to, like, kind of jump in. It's 13 episodes, but I'm going to kind of jump uh here and there but uh mm-hmm. let's talk about how at this at some point uh Momonga he decided that he needed to disguise himself as this armored hero and join a guild in order to get more information on the world so that way he can kind of either recruit people or you know kill them if he have to like remember he's like an anti-hero like he's a villain but he's also just pretty much playing a role as the villain so it's like he's not really a bad guy but he's forced to play as the bad guy you know what I mean yeah and, so his hero name is Momonga right if I remember right uh, no Momon oh okay. Momon yeah <laughs> Momon Close. and then he told the floor guards to call him Anz Ulgon right alright cool yeah. Now, let me see. I'm trying to look at this here, my notes. And while in episode three, while using a magic mirror to examine nearby lands with the help of Sebus, my guy Sebus. This dude. Sebus the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sebus is one of those dudes where it's like he's just unfazed because he knows. He can fucking wipe out everybody, like especially uh him and what was that girl's name? Uh Narborough. 
uh, one of the battle maids from um, Nazareth. Uh, right. They know <clears throat> damn well that they're pretty much holding back on these low-level adventurers because they try to uh, not to blow their cover. But when Aizal Goon, uh, I'm kind of jumping up to like episode eight it was, when he was fighting uh, Clementine and uh, Khajiit. By the way, see see what I'm talking about with that whole Skyrim reference? Like, they have a fucking necromancer named Khajiit, and he's not even a fucking cat person. <laughs> Ain't that weird? Weird. No. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah. but mm-hmm. whole point is, is like what I was trying to say that with between Kaji and Clementine, when uh, Nabe, uh, you know, Narbel, uh, um, also playing a role. So going by uh, Nabe, uh, you know, kind of like a uh, fucking that one chick from Log Horizon, Akatsuki, uh, in a way. Essentially, it's like Nabe know damn well she can one-shot Kaji if she wanted to, but she had to play the uh, role up until Ayan uh yelled out into the distance while he was handling Clementine that, hey, man, so from now on, I'm just going to fight you as my true form. And then uh, you kind of wonder, uh, why is he saying it like that? Until he's like, oh, he kind of signaled to Nabe. It's like, hey, don't hold back. So I was like, all right, bet. And then fucking Kaji tried to the funny thing is, he was trying to fight with this uh, undead dragon, and it was like, okay, she was kind of playing along with the whole thing, and I like how she called out to him saying, hey, man, are you gonna fight, uh, are you gonna stop fighting behind your dragon and shit, because, like, you can just step to me like a man, and this motherfucker straight up, instead of uh, you know, obliging, he was like, no, nah, let me just make another dragon, but Regardless, Ainzagu called out to Nabe saying, like, okay, don't hold back. So Nabe was like, okay, let me hit you with this eighth level spell. Like, hey, hell no, nah, man. There's no uh, spell higher than seven. I was like, you want to bet? <laughs> Twin dragon, like, fucking one shot his dragons and reduce Kajit to dust. And as far as Clementine, she's doing all that bullshit, you know, being this assassin, trying to take all those uh, fucking copper and silver uh plates and all that shit but point is she was trying to speed at him and hit him all that shit trying to uh gouge out his eyes with um daggers on both of his eyes and you know that wasn't work because he's a fucking lich and all this dude did was like nah you know what you know what because i need to, i need to see this bitch a lesson before she dies i'm not gonna even fucking use magic i'm just gonna grab her <laughs> i just gonna uh do like the a big old hip um, beer hug and be like just crush it like slowly because I know how you like uh killing people slowly. You you like that shit, right, Clementine? So you you can appreciate me doing what I'm doing. I'm like, let me just kill you slowly, slowly, real slow, and then just keep crushing. And then she kept trying to scratch and shit, try to get out of that shit. I was like, nah, bro, you ain't getting out of that shit. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying with how these OP characters trying to dumb it down for these low-level adventurers and these uh, killers, and even though it's like, man, like, if we wanted to, we could have just one-shot at you, but we just playing with y'all. <laughs> Facts. It's just like Sebus, all he, all he always say, whenever he beat somebody ass, like, oh, I'm just weak. What? Bro, we just seen you destroy a whole village. You just weak? <laughs> Sebus be tripping. Nah, I'm not hearing that shit, man. Alright. So, real quick, <clears throat> Got to say this. One, yes, Sebus is the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. 
if he ain't the epiphany of a whole, and he's not even, I can't even call him just a monk class, but he is what you would consider to be the whole fighting side of a battle mage. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to cast the spells because a hit is enough majority of time. All it takes is about one or two hits. That's it. Lights out. He got hands. He you're got not, hands. Playing you're not been, and, and the thing about it is, he's an old enough man to literally say, you know, in in modern terms, I'm not here for the smoke, but if you finna dish it out, I'm finna take it, and then I'm finna give it back to you. And then I'm gonna <laughs> see if you're gonna try again. And if you get up and try again, after that, you ain't gonna try no more. Like, it, it's simply just that. Bruh, also, what is up with these? Also, ahead, with him being being the head of the you know head of of the staff and mm-hmm. being over the Pleiades, the battle maids themselves. Ah, uh, first and foremost, first and foremost, if you're a dude or if you're a woman and you have your waifu, that's waifu material all across that board. The battle maids are nothing but waifu material across that board. Yeah, facts. They, Big they, facts. They, they waifu material across that board. But they are by far some of the most ruthless I have ever seen. They are some of the most ruthless I have ever seen. Catching up the way y'all at with the whole fight between uh Momon and them, I hated the fact of the way they used the bone dragons. All that CGI and shit, man, that was unnecessary. No, it was not the fact of the CGI. Now, I'm not talking about how they brought them in. I'm talking about the way they used them. Like, come on. I understand. Y'all probably are stronger than bone dragons. But bone dragons are not really physical. They're impervious to magic. They're a caster (laughs) class dragon. And usually nine times out of ten, if you piss them off enough to where they have to go physical, they're firing everything. It's an end-all, be-all majority of the time. I know they probably like those bone dragons were probably low level or whatever, but still low. They should have been casting way more magic. That's my gripe right there with that fight. Now, I died with the sense of the whole, oh, okay, it's an assassin versus a warrior. That should mm-hmm. lead to the assassin side because the assassin is faster. But it's a lich. So your attacks technically are nullified, not because of the lich's magic, but because of the defense. So it's like you just literally speeding into a brick wall over and over and over and over. So that, was, that was by far funny to me. And to see Facts. her basically just get hugged to death, like, you didn't get stabbed. <laughs> Nothing. You got hugged. You he got a magic hit, caster. You got, hit with, you got hit with the Care Bear death. <laughs> he a magic caster. He didn't like, even use no magic. Like, that was my thing about it. Like, he didn't pick up his swords, his momma, nothing. He just was like, hey, look, come here. Come here. Here you go. I know you you you've been hurting your lifetime. Let me just go on here and squeeze all that negative out of it. <laughs> so that part right there was funny. That was funny. He pulled up. 
bro, he pulled up the Clementine like, I love you. You Basically. love me. Basically, that was by far a horrible way to go out. That was that was a horrible way to go. He out. literally said that, bro. I I don't even have to take you seriously to kill you. That's up. That's a one arm bear hug, by the way. Like it wasn't two hands. It was fucking one hand, one head um bear hug. How bad do you feel right now? That's what was crazy. The next episode but, uh, covered a lot, and it went over. Somebody, I want to ask y'all y'all opinion on what y'all think about Shaltier blood falling. Uh, see, Shaltier, like, she was one of those characters where, like, just like Abe, I knew she was going to stand out in some kind of way. But it got to episode 10 to where, uh, between her and Sebas, you know, they're doing their mission, but essentially, uh, they're going behind the scenes and uh, Shaltier is killing people like uh okay let me get to episode 10 right here so Shaltier is outside of Nazareth uh trying to find this uh martial arts user uh with Sebus and Solution now once they fight some bandits she sends Sebus and uh Solution to uh back to the kingdom where they go back uh and goes into the bandit base now where she ends up confronting that leader and who happens to Trash. know martial arts. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> now, he was so weak, though, compared to her, that she didn't even know that he was using them. Like, she was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> and then goes into a blood frenzy and kills all of them except Brain, who ends up escaping. Now, she tries to follow him, but she encountered uh, those adventurers uh, who were there to fight the bandits. Uh, she kills all the adventurers except this one chick, Rita, uh, who held a Ein's red potion. And Shelter believed, like, okay, uh, my lord wants her alive. She's special in a way. So I was like, I'm going to leave you alone. Right. <laughs> also, I had to see real. how that red potion came to, to be with her. Yeah, it was literally like, uh, okay. I'm not going to lie. I got it muted, but I'm watching Django Unchained right now. And it's the same energy to where if Django didn't have that fucking uh, wanted poster in his pocket, things would have turned out way differently for him. But since just like uh, with Django, Brita had that potion in her pocket and she was like, all right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm going to leave you alone. And if she didn't have that, like things would have turned out way different for her. <laughs> Don't get us started on that. All right, I just want to let y'all know the mask was a nice touch. Yeah, the mask was a nice touch, man. That's a good movie right there. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like, oh, believe me, we are going to do a review on it by the way, like, uh, probably like late in February, you know, uh, Black History Month and all that, shit, but it's gonna happen either way, <laughs> like, so. Mm. Anyways, I was saying, like, Brita had that red potion. Shout out to her, like, all right, uh, I'm guessing that uh, my lord gave you his approval, so I'm going to leave you alone. But when she realized that one adventure was set to run away beforehand and should all go bad, she tried to find him, but ends up uh, getting attacked by some unknown people and try to attack her with a weapon. But she ends up uh, wounding the user, and I hear that she betrayed Nazareth for some reason and decided to go find her and find out why. 
Now, episode 11, Ainz and Albedo find Shaltier. Ainz uh, states that, you know, Shaltier must be some under mind control and uh, left behind without any orders. Then he attempts That's to true. use super, super tier magic to free her, but it failed. So he's trying to figure out what the hell, who the hell did this. And I'm just going to get a spoiler uh, for y'all. Like, uh, even after the whole thing with Shaltier, uh, all that, when the dust settled, they still don't know who did it. So that's pretty much the big mystery leading up to like the later season to where we're still trying to figure out who the hell put that uh, spell on Shaltier. Like, like you, like you guys said that there might be another villain uh, running around, but like, who could it be? Like, uh, could it be our dude Demiurge um, pulling a fast one on us, or is someone completely different? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> now, <laughs> I know. Now I know that she's being controlled by some world class item, because no goddamn way it can be anything else. Because world class items are the strongest of all types of items in that game. So he decides to equip the four guardians with world class items themselves so that Nazareth can protect them, can be protected uh, before he goes to fight Shaltier because who knows who's going to show up to Nazareth and try to do uh, a whole, so, you know, like a fucking Sylvie from uh, Loki to where uh, main dude get distracted and then next thing you know, uh, this whole. B plot kicks in and Nazareth's under attack. Uh, you know, like the TVA. So, uh, that's a smart move. I would have did the same thing. I would did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Now, he goes off to fight Shaltier, but he also thinks that Shaltier is one of the strongest NPC in Nazareth, and he may not be able to beat her. So I was like, oh, shit, this is what happens when Facts. you kind of build your NPC to be a little too strong. Kind of like fucking uh, Talos. Like, we gonna get a Pokemon League together, and even though I'm supposed to be the champion, I'm pretty much building a league to where I'm gonna shit bricks trying to beat all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. <clears throat> Sometimes in life, you know, you have on one hand, hey, we're just we're, we're gonna be good, but you know it's just an okay good. And then on the other hand, you have, you know what? There's this league out there that's so strong. When they fight themselves, they fight for their lives. <laughs> I want us to fight for their lives, you know. <laughs> and speaking, like I said, speaking on Shaltier, I can go all day <laughs> because yes. Shaltier is the epiphany of what happens when you give a DM the right amount of time to sit and just be like, I want to make a good character. Not one that's not one that's not not one that's you know just super OP, but one that's gonna be so tough they're gonna talk about it for days. Wow. Shaltier, Shaltier was that character. Being a vampire and not only a regular vampire being a vampire that literally controls her own house oh god her own house heals her and she has weapons that literally will stop one of one of her weaknesses but oh so, you know she was made 
to be not annoying. She was made to literally be a stopping point in Ainsel Gown. She was made to literally be a stopping point. She was like, you know, all right, you get to my floor. That's that's it for you. Facts. Like, you gonna like you got to be you got to be literally as strong as you know Ainz himself or as strong as everybody else, one of our creators, to kind of get past me. You ain't finna just sit, you ain't finna breeze past me and you a low to mid-level, you know, that's not happening. You, you finna see that nigga. <laughs> that nigga. Okay. So, Tell us. First of all, I like how you said that because this remind me of our Pokemon uh, review on fucking... Uh, brilliant diamond shining pearl to where we were just talking about how with the elite four like you think it was so breezy with the gym leaders but when you get to elite four they are at competitive speed so you're not just gonna breeze through them like you better be fucking prepared yeah second of all that is it yeah (laughs) second of all i like how you said about shouts here because my dude when i was cooking up a campaign back in the day I'm cooking a, cam- a new campaign now, but uh, there's a whole different campaign where I literally built a halfling ninja named Sasuke Saratobi with so many like high tier uh, ninja weapons and we ain't gonna get started on that name and all that shit. <laughs> we ain't gonna get started on that name. <laughs> now, I did, the only reason I did that is because I just wanted like this. Uh, OP uh, fun character to where he's so fast with uh, weapons and you know uh, he kind of faint behind you kind of you know get that uh what's it called fuck uh you know when you do uh, a flank you know flank attacks and all that shit uh yeah like he's fucking dangerous like fucking blink like he literally can blink like fucking Minato Namikaze the fucking fourth Hokage the yellow flash like he can blink behind you and like assassinate you. That's how fucking broken I made this little ninja right here. <laughs> so yeah, I feel that on shelf here. Now, episode 12. Basically, the whole fight, it was like he Shelter was on par with Ainz. But up until a point to where Ainz beat her with a special move. And then she used a skill to prevent her death, but it caused all her mana. However, Ainz was like, pulled an Aizen on us. It was like, oh, this is all according to Kekuku. <laughs> and then by episode 13, uh, Ainz and Shaltier, they continued their fight. However, it was revealed that the outcome of the fight was already predicted by Ainz. He Thanks. used knowledge about Shaltier. Uh, provided her creator and his friend, uh, oh my god, this name right here, uh, Peroron Chino. <laughs> he had the hey. whole battle pre planned, excuse me, pre planned. That was planned out already. And with his uh, mana reduced, he changed to a warrior class and then used world champion armor. Then using various other cash shop items, you know, pay to win shit. Uh, to find use a super tier spell, defeats and kills Shaltier, goes back to Nazareth, and he was like, you know what? 
I got so much money, I can uh, revive her, uh, throw 500 million gold on this bitch and then just revive her. And Shelter has no memory of what happened and also her boobs like that small one. <laughs> Funny enough. But <laughs> they still trying to figure out who the fuck did this though. But uh, as they trying to figure that out, uh, Momon goes back to the guild and he claims his adamantite class uh, plate. So now he's pretty much the third adamantite party in the entire kingdom. It's like super rare to get an adamantite uh, plate. So that's pretty much season one to where it's a build up to world domination. He's pretty much already getting notoriety and respect to where like people are just not going to fucking question this dude. It's like, oh man, that's that nigga right there. Uh, like, I don't go fuck with him. And, that's um, a hero dressed in black. What? He's, no, literally like Akoski style. It's like, okay, I'm going to gain the trust of the people. And then once I pretty much um, go over the lands and all that shit, we pretty much uh, spread our influence there. They come to us with every new problem with all that shit. And then boom, world domination. I swear to God, man. Uh, <laughs> okay, I see you, Ainzagu. I see you. I see you. So, uh, that was pretty much what I got on Overlord, at least season one right now. But, uh, yeah, I got like 10 minutes to, you know, any final thoughts, anything that we didn't talk about, uh, feel free. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> let me let me speak on a little bit. Uh, so, really, really quick, really quick. Um, going back here, covering um, a lot of stuff. If you haven't watched and you look at it, uh, the twins. A lot of mm. people think the twins aren't broken. The twins are very much broken. The twins do a lot of things that you really don't think is possible. Uh, one in particular, the sister, the one that looks like a boy. Yeah, see, All right, the one that the one that looks like a boy but is a girl. <laughs> Basically, she is the animal controller. She's the one that can control any monster. Oh, she can, she can control any monster. The other sibling, the one that's a boy that looks like a girl, the one that got the ring, he can control any ounce of nature. Pause. That's why they are you say, telling me these are like max level druids? Oh, yeah. All uh, okay. <laughs> it's not. It's it, even though it's not really said, but it's really like it's just emphasized. All of the floor bosses are max level. <laughs> they were created. They were you know they were created and pushed to max level by their creators before their creators left the game. So all of the floor bosses are at max. Level. So yeah. Yes. Um another floor boss. Uh I forget his name, but he's the one that Momonga created. He's the one that can shape shift and be any and everybody else. Fuck. My opinion, my opinion on him. I'm gonna be honest with you. My opinion on him while he's goofy, yes, cool, everything else. I would not piss him off to save my life. <laughs> not piss him off at all because if you're at a level where not only can you imitate the floor bosses but you can imitate your other the other creators yeah that's that one that I'm I'm like I right, you probably can imitate some of their moves too 
So, <laughs> you, know, you know, I am the floor bosses. Yeah, I, I loved I, I, I loved almost all. As a matter of fact, not not almost. I loved all of the floor bosses. Um, I ain't gonna hold it too much just in case y'all want to say something. Uh, but out of all of this, out of all season one, for me, that Shaltier fight, ooh, ooh, that was that was grand. Ooh, player versus NPC. <laughs> you know yeah, what that, was, that was grand. That was grand. I love that joint was lit. Oh hell yeah! But it was kind of glad that they saved that for last because it it was kind of the thing where with these shows where okay Overlord coming out with an anime where they have to like do something really impressive in order for it to get greenlit for more seasons and between that and all the other shit um when they were in the battle and all that the way they had to pretty much uh plan out their attacks without uh really revealing their true uh their true identities like it just felt so ingenious to where like oh shit okay okay it's like i think overlord it's a really specific take and not that everybody will be happy watching it like the kind of show that it is but why the adventures with Momaga and all his servants and the staff, they they really entertaining and lighthearted, but it's more sinister half to it. Like, oh, yeah. it's dark and they're constantly violent and disturbing implications for the victims of his party. Like, in fact, the show dedicates a large amount of time to introducing characters that get you really attached to them just to make it more bittersweet when they run into Momaga and they suffer yeah. a fate way worse than death, bro. Oh, oh yeah. God, see, yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's the funny thing about this show. It was like the world building, great, because it introduced you with, with such an array of different characters that you just want to like, you want them to stick around, like be at least recurring. But when you realize that all of them are in Iron Sagoon's way, just like fuck what he said on uh, Clementine. I was like, hey man, like you weren't a problem. Until you became a problem. So that part, that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like that. He really said it to it like that. It's like, hey man, like I wasn't going to even fuck with you until your bullshit is intertwining with my bullshit. So now you're literally, well, technically in my way. So I need to get a fuck. I need to fucking get rid of you so I can continue with my world domination shit. You know what I mean? So like, I just can't have you run around. Killing people, doing what you do, especially we did to that little girl. Like, oh, that was fucking gruesome, bitch. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're like, I never hated a bitch. Ooh, like, okay, first of all, there's a whole lot. Okay, there's this list, and Talos, you already know from fucking um, when we talked about Tower of God with fucking Rachel, and then we're gonna talk about another Tower of God. Ooh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, but uh, we might do a redo on that one. But yeah, like we already did, touched on Tower of God a little while back. But Rachel, fuck her, and we're gonna talk about Rising of Shield Hero uh in another episode. And I'm just like, uh, there's a bitch in there that we ooh, I got words for her, bitch. bitch. Yeah, you know, like this bitch here, but mmm. Oh, and another one, uh, that justice bitch from uh, Akame Got Kill. 
I was like, man, number four dog on the best. The dog, god damn, you're annoying. And Clementine just made that list. I was like, ooh, you are, ooh. I'm I'm so glad I did her the way she did. I was like, poetic justice. You know what? I'm just gonna kill you slowly in a way that's not even serious. I'm like, I'm not gonna even give you the satisfaction of killing you with a super tear spill because you don't even deserve that kind of um recognition. I was like, I'm not taking you seriously. I'm just gonna one arm bear hug you to death. How you like that? I'm like, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh you know what? That's all I'm I'm good on this episode, but uh we're gonna continue with season two sometime in February, like probably early February, because you know, I'm halfway into season two anyway, so I might as well not season two out of the way um in about one or two weeks. But uh any last words from Talos? Uh for the most part, nah. Everything has really been covered. Truthfully, if y'all watch this, please make sure that you do watch Overlord. Overlord has great seasons. Overlord is one of those animes that will be a rewatch for you. I promise you. It's always been a rewatch for me. It's always been on my list to rewatch, always. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely watch it. (laughs) Yeah. And Professor Tug, what about you? Any last words for me? Oh, I just want to say that, like, I'll rewatch Overlord maybe once a year. Like, it's a great show to watch. Please watch it. Please, please watch it. It will definitely have you second guessing everything. And even the rewatch will have you watching stuff that, like, man, I didn't even remember that from before. <laughs> so it's definitely good for you to watch. And speaking on it right now makes me want to rewatch it again. So I'm likely to rewatch it tonight. So be ready for right. uh, season two. Right. And I, I like how you said that because I was one of those people where I was like, okay, uh, maybe if I rewatch it, I'll have a better appreciation of what's going on. And and when I did the rewatch, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. I'm taking what's going on right here. Okay. Because the first time, because, you know, my mistake was I was watching episode by episode and then I was like slowly piecing the whole plot together. But when you're like three seasons in, and then you rewatch it, and it's like, oh, there's a lot more going on to this shit. Okay. Facts. Okay. And I'm going to yeah. rewatch it too. So make sure y'all pay attention to the lizard people. I want you to pay specific attention to the lizard people for season two. It's going to be dope. Oh, oh no, yeah. no. Real quick, before we close, real quick. I like how the uh, last episode of season one, they already said that, okay, uh, Part two, I mean, part one of season two, excuse me. Uh, we had this whole art with uh, lizard people, uh, like I kind of mentioned. But I like how in the last episode of season one, they were like, okay, we heard about this um, village of lizard people. And, you know, human undead, that's that's yesterday, man. Like, everybody can make human undead, like, whatever. Like, like a low-level necromancer can make whatever. But a lizard undead, that's that's kind of high on this. I like that. Rose. So let's let's check out this village, slaughter them all, take their bodies, and you know add that to our arms and all that shit. So I like this setup for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> facts. But yo, uh, this has been Jet Like a Stream, Talos Gundam, and Professor Tuck on season one of Overlord. We will, like I said, be on season two 
uh, early in February, and more episodes are on the way. But until then, stay tuned, my friends. Great things are coming, and we are zoning out. <laughs>